meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia years and places that stretch across the globe. Sitting in his dining room, Paul Lothman recalls two huge opportunities that presented themselves in his life. One situation required that he say no because his long-term vision posed a greater and more realistic success. His second opportunity came at the age of 56. This time, he said, yes, I'm going to do this, and he did. His contributions in the aerospace industry have been felt in virtually every space shuttle launch in the program's history. Life doesn't let you know the outcomes when you start out. Paul feels that the most important attribute that he hopes everyone applies is a great attitude. A positive attitude attracts successes that you never thought possible. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget, so adjust the volume of your laptop or handheld device and soak into the conversation with Paul Lothman. Born in Washington State and retired in Northern California. I've got Paul Hoffman in front of me. Paul, can we share your age today? I'm 74. One of the things that you've shared with me in the past, in our past conversations, is your passion that you had as a youth for baseball. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, it was a passion. My brother played for the Chicago Cubs. Well, he, he played for the AAA Farm Club. Was he an older brother? Yeah, he's seven years older than I am. And uh, we had scouts from all the major leagues. We were a baseball family. And so, you were in the state of Washington yes, at the time. What, what yes. town were you in? Longview. It's on the Columbia River, Lumbertown. Uh, was that a very big town? Uh, about At that time, about 20,000. It's about 40 now. They had yeah. the two largest lumber mills in the world there, Warehouser and Long Bell, which is now international paper. Yeah. Uh, so it was a big mill town. So people... Uh, Worked hard on the at the timber oh, yeah. mill, and then they went to the baseball games in the evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that. Was it at a very you know young age that you started playing oh, baseball? Oh yes, yes, little league, little league. As soon as I could, my brother had me playing all the time. He was yeah. old enough that he was like a more like a good uncle than a brother because of our age difference. Yeah, why? Well, I, I remember my own youth. We yeah. we were in. In midget league and little league and all that. And I, I have to correct one thing. I was born in South Dakota, raised in Washington. Uh, it's where the Corn Palace is, if you've ever heard of that. Uh, that was during the war. I was a war baby. And uh, as soon as my father could get tires <laughs> rationing, you know, we moved to Washington. As far as the baseball goes, I mean, you, you played as a, a youngin. Yeah baseball for these these little community leagues and how did that develop into what was happening what ended up happening in high school oh well uh, i played all through high school and everything and because my brother was such a dominant pitcher and everyone in town knew that they always wanted me to pitch and i didn't want to pitch because pitchers only play every fourth game in the major leagues so but i pitched and played the infield and then we had a community college in town with a very strong baseball program Many, many major leaguers now came out of there. And um, it was there that the Chicago Cubs, probably because of my brother, approached me. Were you uh, playing uh, first base? No, I played the infield, uh, second, third. Yeah. So that day when the Chicago Cubs arrived at your stadium and 
and they, what they do, they, they just pull you off the field and say, hey, I'd, uh, I'd like to talk to you. It was a doubleheader. It's actually a away game at what's called Grays Harbor College in Aberdeen, Washington. And uh, the brother of the Cub, of the scout that signed my brother to the Chicago Cubs, approached me between games in the dugout. I came in to prepare to pitch the second game. And uh, he sat with me in the dugout while the first game was ending. And uh, he asked me about you know, signing with the Cubs. And I said, well, I want to go to Washington State University and finish my college baseball because they had been in the College World Series a couple of years in a row and my high school coach uh, was an All-American there and I had the path already aligned for me. So. so you were in high school, but you already mapped out your your college career I was in, in State community Washington. college at that point. Oh, okay. But yeah, that was, that was my career path. All right. And so you came to a real crossroads from I the did. sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty exciting to become a, yeah. an actual player in the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Well, my crossroads was that uh, in community college, I, I met this beautiful cheerleader. And um, Well, that can always be yeah, a, that, a that, good thing. That was a monumental <laughs> thing. And so uh, when I transferred to Washington State University, I was engaged. I had no money. I was uh, committed to engineering and uh, discovered I couldn't get out of afternoon labs to even practice. And so I had to make a decision. And the way I put it to kids when I talk to them now is uh, I discovered that engineers didn't have to hit curveballs, so I became an engineer. So you're a straight shooter. Yeah, right. <laughs> So you did, I mean, was it a really hard decision to make at the yeah, time? Yeah, it was. It was because I lived for, I would, I would break up with girls in high school when baseball season came. It was that important to me. Oh, boy. And well, I know they probably didn't like that very much. Well, I don't know. I haven't talked to them since. They don't <laughs> okay. talk to me. When you chose an engineering field over the baseball, did you totally cold turkey stop playing yes. baseball? Yes. I, I was recruited by a couple semi-pro teams. My first job was in Salt Lake City after college, and uh, they had won the National Baseball Congress semi-pro title the year before, and I was recruited by them. And I went out, but, but uh, I had a young family then. I couldn't be on the road, and I had a job in defense industry, so I, it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. So I sucked it up and quit. Oh, boy. What did you take from that experience? There are certain critical times in one's life. That was a big critical one for me. You got really a choice between two good options in that case. And uh, you just have to have a plan in place. You have to think in your mind what's going to be more important for your entire life. If I'd have gone to the, signed with the Cubs, I may not even have played Major League Ball. Who knows? Um, a couple of my teammates did sign with them, and they didn't get to the major leagues. So, so it could have been a dead end that yes, you weren't realizing yeah, it at the time, yeah. or it could have been a long career in baseball, highly have. successful. This is yeah. sound a lot like Las Vegas to me, right? Yeah, now. right. I probably made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. You became a an engineer of sorts. What what yeah. kind of engineer? Well, I was a mechanical engineer graduate, but uh, my field was rocket propulsion. That, that was my the other passion I had. Uh, so uh, you were a rocket man, yeah. kind of like the movie yeah. that we have yeah. probably all uh, seen. They all, they all want to play the Elton John Rocket Man song yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I give presentations. But yeah, that was my field. 
Yeah. And what uh, what aspect of it was most exciting for you? Well, for many years, I was uh, in development, and I even had patent disclosures, things like that. I got to blow things up. That sounds like fun. You, yeah. For a young kid coming out of college, that was a lot of fun. So. When you first started out in that field, did you have any mentors? Oh, yeah. Well, my hero was Werner von Braun. We got him from the Germans when we won World War II. Unfortunately, he came west instead of east. He was conscri conscripted by the Germans to make rockets to fly V-2 bombs to Great Britain. And uh, he didn't really have a choice. Um, so we got him, and he essentially founded NASA for us. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he was essentially the prime mover of all that. Oh. At least in the propulsion side of NASA. Did you ever have an opportunity to no, actually meet this gentleman? No, but I met many of the scientists that came with him. Mm. But I, I unfortunately was never able to meet him. Wow. But he influenced me greatly. What programs were you involved with? Well, in when program? I started out, um, Sputnik had flown. And um, so we were behind in the space race already by the time I got out of college. So they needed engineers badly. So I had a lot of, a lot of choices, uh, offers out of college. And I chose rocket propulsion because I wanted to be on the side where the fire comes out. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, um, I was immediately put into what was the most important thing at the time. And, and being in the Cold War, they happened to be ICBMs. Hmm. So my first job out of college was thrust termination engineer on the Minuteman One ICBM. And then um, following that, it was Poseidon and Polaris, which are launched by submarines. And then uh, finally, I was project engineer on the Peacekeeper, what you know as MX. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of those are still around. But because the Cold War ended, oh, incidentally, I'm asked often how I felt about building things that carry bombs. Yeah. And the way I answer that is I helped win a bloodless World War III because we had those things. These are the Reagan years. Because we had them, the Soviet Union capitulated, and they don't even exist anymore. Well, it seems like if we actually have the teeth behind our words. That's exactly right. we got to walk our talk. Yeah, yeah, it worked. When you start talking about outer space, mm -hmm. I think of Apollo, I think right. of the Gemini program, things like that, the space shuttle, which now is, uh, has sunset. Were you involved in any of those? Yeah, that was the real joy, was putting man into space. I came out of college between the Gemini and Apollo programs. Gemini was uh, largely developing the techniques for space rendezvous um, techniques. They still was a two-man thing that orbited the Earth in preparation for the Apollo program, which was a three-man crew to the moon. And so um, my involvement was minimal, but I was involved. The real joy in manned space flight was I got heavily involved in the space shuttle program. So uh, that's where I had a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you feel now that it's been, uh, you know, it's ended and we're well, going to start something new, I'm sure. Well, it, it was fine to plan for the end of it because everything has a life. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a few years ago, the uh, successor program to space shuttle got shelved. And now... We're dependent on Russia to get man into space. We don't even have the capacity now. Again, your golden nugget that you're providing our listening audience, what is that? Well, I guess it was another opportunity. The, the one opportunity I had, it was a passion of baseball, and that was an opportunity not taken. Uh, the opportunity taken 
uh, came to me relatively late in life. I was 56 years old. I was working on uh, um, the space shuttle program uh, as a director with Aerojet back in Mississippi, and we were teamed with Lockheed to build the advanced solid rocket booster for the space shuttle to replace the solid rocket booster that blew up on Challenger. And uh, we had come a long way on that program. We we're about ready to produce our first product when Congress terminated it. They felt the improvements made to the one that blew up were sufficient. And what they uh, often happens in politics is it cost more to terminate our program than it would have to finish it. And we had the ability to put more payload into space because of advancements over the period of time. So anyhow, I took early retirement out of Aerojet, moved west, and started my own business and uh, with another fella. Had the contracts for uh, managing the government's fuels. So as far as this golden nugget, it sounds like you had two tremendous opportunities to take. In my life, they in were your, tremendous, yeah. Chicago Cubs, you could have been out there and made the big time. Possibly. And been the star. <laughs> or, and what ended up happening, you ended up to be quite a scientist and, and participant in the space shuttle program and so many other programs related to uh, rockets. The big problem with that second one was I had to put everything my wife and I had built over the years on the line. Uh, in what way? What do you mean? Everything's risk because we were doing things that go boom. So oh, your life, you mean? Thing, uh, Well, my life, but also my resources, my assets. Mm -hmm. Because if my employees would do anything stupid, you know, um, we could we could buy Lose the government in an airplane if we blew one up or didn't ground an airplane when we were fueling it and things mm -hmm. like that. And, yeah. You know, a lot of risk, a lot of risk. So then how do we apply this today? What, what do you want to offer our youth that's, that's growing up right now? They're going to be confronted regardless of what field they go into. They're going to be confronted with some opportunity at some point in their life if they take their career seriously. And when that comes, have a plan already ready. When you start your careers, have an idea what your ideal job is. It may not be your first job, your second or third, but develop those into a plan where you will get to your ideal job. And then at some point in time, some chance to take a risk will come along. So you're saying dream high. Of course. And know the dream. Of course. And you follow the dream. You don't have to get all the way to the pinnacle of your dream, but you can work your way up to it. And I think that can happen to anyone, it, whether they're in, in fast food retail or, or whatever, whatever advocation they, they want to pursue. Mine happen to be rockets. Now, would this message change at all if we're talking to adults? Not really because mine came very late in life. I was 56 mm -hmm. years old. You know, I, I didn't have time to recover if something bad happened. The earlier you have that opportunity, the better. Because if you do, if you do go broke, mm -hmm. you have time to recover. Yeah. But you know, if you have the right attitude and you've the right planning that you embark on that anyhow, you've already got the personal fortitude to take the next one that comes along having learned lessons from the last one. So how would you describe that attitude that we would want to have? Well, attitude to me is the, is the one attribute that will make anyone successful. If they're cleaning toilets, that right attitude will make them one day the manufacturer of the, of the toilets or something. Attitude is everything. I had an opportunity, I drove up to Washington State. So in Oregon, I had to gas up. 
I had a young attendant there that handled three or four or five pumps. And he was running around with a smile on his face. He was making elderly women laugh and things like this. And I said to him when he came to me, I said, you know, keep that attitude. It's going to make you successful one day. And as I was driving away, he ran up to me. And uh, he said, sir, you made my day. Well, that kid's going to remember that. And, and that little, little, just little conversation, he's going to remember. And, and uh, he will, I'm, I'm sure, be a success at whatever he chooses to go for. His attitude will do that. You know, it's great that you told him. Not everybody yeah, makes right. those kind of comments also. Paul, I want to thank you for sharing today on, on Senior Wisdom. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.